This is the Horse Radio Network. Hi, I'm Jennifer Wood. And I'm Jennifer Connor from Equestrian Businesswomen. And you're listening to Equestrian B2B, the podcast that brings together industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and equestrians for conversations about how they build and sustain a successful business. On today's show, we're talking about community involvement. How can equestrian businesses work with their surrounding communities to engage and enrich them? Today's two guests have a lot of experience with their communities. Listen in to hear how they grow their own businesses while they help the community around them grow as well. Jessica DiCostanzo is a writer and co-founder of the online platform Equibunt. As an active competitor, Jessica combines her love for both dressage and jumping in eventing. In addition to riding, Jessica was able to use her background in marketing to create Equivant, an online community that includes everything an equestrian could need, from upcoming horse events, products you can buy, services for you and your horse, and even horses for sale. Bethany Zilstra is a young businesswoman living in Orange County, New York, on her family's dairy farm. As a homeschooled child, she spent all of her free time at the barn riding and learning how to care for the horses. After she graduated from Chapelfield Christian School, she spent several years working in and around horse farms from different trainers in the Hudson Valley, including Denise Antoniatis of AKA Showstoppers. In 2016, she and her husband, Sam, purchased their own farm in Montgomery, New York at a foreclosure auction, and they started their business, Hollow Hill Farm, LLC. She is now specializing in beginner through intermediate lessons and has many successful kid-based programs. Hollow Hill Farm hosts summer camps, troop outings, and has a new educational homeschooling program that was recently featured on the cover of the local newspaper, the Times Herald Record. In her free time, she enjoys eating anything spicy, camping, and spending time with her husband and three children. Hi, Beth and Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to talk to you guys about your businesses and how you work with the local community and the equestrian community to help grow your business, get to know new people, all that fun stuff. And just starting out, Jessica, can you talk about how important community involvement is to your business? And is there a different strategy to approaching the horse community versus general, you know, mainstream population? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really appreciate it. I think Richard Branson said this, that doing good is good for business. So early on in my adventure with Equivant, I was able and fortunate enough to get involved with a local nonprofit organization, which happens to be equestrian related. And it's the San Juan Capistrano Equestrian Coalition. And they're the way that they handle their approach with the community is to get more people involved with horses or aware of horses to maintain the equestrian lifestyle of the city that we live in. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to kind of start both Equivalent and um, becoming a board member at the same time, because I was able to see how they've been around for 20 years and they're going trying to get people from the community that aren't necessarily horse people or people from all other different disciplines to get involved with horses or care about horses. And so I've learned a lot from working with the nonprofit and then through the nonprofit are other horse people who also ended up needing services with Equivant. So it was, it became a really cool symbiotic relationship where 
I'm helping them with marketing. They're helping me with connections. And then we both learn from each other um, on how we can grow either awareness of the brand or awareness of the nonprofit and, and eventually just help spread the word about horses. So I found it to be invaluable. I mean, it's been the biggest blessing so far with Avalon, just getting involved. And then from there, from that one nonprofit, then we've gotten involved with many others and have rolled out a nonprofit program for Equivalent, which again, just has more and more tentacles. So I can't even explain how incredible it's been both for the business and for nonprofits for us to connect. Yeah. We always talk about networking with equestrian businesswomen and how important it is. And I think that goes beyond just networking within our own niche industry and how vital it is to have connections in other areas too. And that's why we love talking to not only owners of equestrian related businesses, but women who work in other industries, but ride horses or have a connection to horses because all of their experiences help us all so much too. And Beth, can you tell us a little bit about your business and how you work within the equestrian community and in your local area? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. This is the first podcast I've ever been on before. Thanks for joining um, us. Yeah, so uh, I just started my business five years ago. I bought a farm right down the road from my house, and it just started off because I love horses and I wanted to do what I love. And it grew from boarding to lessons, and from lessons, it kind of went to summer camps and events. And now we host a homeschooling program. We had no idea how wide the need for something like this in our community was until COVID hit, actually. That's when my business really took off because parents were looking for something for their kids to do that was outside, that was somewhat safe. And it kind of just took off from there. And then through everything reopening, Clients have continued coming and I've continued to grow. This year, we just started a new program that's specialized for homeschooling kids because many parents are choosing to pull their kids out of public school for different reasons. But we introduced this program that meets a couple times a month where we are teaching kids all about horses from A to Z. And a lot of it is hands-on and they get to ride. It's been really great to see how much the parents and the kids really love this program. And I feel very blessed to be able to share my love of horses with these kids and yeah, and be able to do what I love successfully. So. Yeah. That's so nice to be able to share what horses mean to you and all of the life lessons that come along with it in a way that's like easy entry to the industry. A lot of parents aren't going to cart their kids to lessons three times a week, but just being able to come out and meet a horse and learn about taking care of them and the responsibilities that go along with it, that must be really fulfilling to share that with them. And Beth, you definitely have a great curriculum too that you've developed for your homeschoolers, haven't you? Yes. Yes. It's not just like come and muck a stall. It's like they learn safety first, obviously especially with the way the world is these days, you can never be too careful. When you're working with kids around horses, you never know what can happen. So the first thing we always start with is safety. And 
we actually spend the first session learning how to lead a horse properly and how to act around horses. A lot of these kids are young. Some of the kids that are in our group are four years old. So safety is really important when you have four-year-olds running around. <laughs> we, I kind of made up my own curriculum and we're kind of just like, this program's only like three months old. So we're kind of learning as we go. But yeah, I'm really excited because these kids, they love it and um, they want to learn. So it's very exciting to teach them. I also think it's great that you brought in one of the girls who is interested in horses, but also is looking to do like childhood education. There's a girl, Nicole, that works with Beth and they team up to do it. And it's kind of nice because she's pulling in somebody else and, and helping them in their future career as well. Yes. Yes. I couldn't do this without Nicole. She's the one who really pushed me to continue the program after the first time we tried it. And I was feeling a little overwhelmed because it's always really scary to put yourself out there and try something new. But yeah, I couldn't do this without Nicole because she was put on this earth to teach. She loves to teach. So (laughs) yeah, that's great. I wish that I went to your school to be able to not sit in a classroom and and have like a, a real hands-on experience seems like that would totally get the kids engaged and be excited about learning rather than dreading learning, which I think a lot of kids do at this stage of the game. So well, there's, no, awesome. there's no age limit, so you're welcome anytime. Hi. <laughs> 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 yeah, as far as Equivant's involvement with the community and how we help, I'm actually um, sitting here at a local horse show here in San Juan Capistrano. It's the Orange County Horse Show Association's championship show. I have the hardest time saying that back to back. But they they have this event every year at a, a park that's actually owned by the city and the city opens that up to all members of the community. There's free parking, free admission. They have soccer fields here as well. So what's really cool is that when they have events here, oftentimes soccer and the county shows are happening at the same time. So you've got one family with a kid in soccer and the other parent is with the other kid who's riding, which is just a neat special way to bring the whole family together for some good old fashioned outdoor fun. So as far as Equivant promoting involvement with the community and helping the community, we're really just trying to show that horses aren't inaccessible, which I think the industry as a whole has kind of made it be like it's a special club that you have to be in, have a million dollars to go see a horse. And really with partnering with the Horse Show Association and the nonprofits that are here locally, it's been a great way to provide a safe environment for families to come out to see horses similar in the the way that Beth is doing her program where just looking at horses is a very therapeutic or cathartic experience and providing that as an outlet that is a COVID safe environment for people to go experience outdoor things has been something that we've been really excited about and helping promote these local events that are actually have a, a flair of horsey in them as well. Beth, would you think that's kind of similar to how you benefit your community? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. A lot of people think that the horse world is inaccessible. A lot of people think you have to have a lot of money to be around horses. And while that may be true once you get into the upper levels of showing and stuff, I think that horses can be accessible to anyone. And I do think that it is important that we get our communities involved because the more that our communities 
know about the horse world and know about horses. And I feel like the less likely they will be to throw shade at the horse community and the more that they'll understand about the horse world. I think that's a good point too, that horses are really the foundation of this country. Without Mustangs and all of the horses early on, we wouldn't be doing all the things that we're doing. And so I think just people seeing horses in action is kind of like bringing us back to our roots as cowboys <laughs> throughout America. So it's a fun kind of way to connect with the past right here in today's day and age. Oh, I really agree with that because I feel like our society is moving a little more away from agriculture. And I think that horses is a good gateway to get people back into it and kind of learn the responsibilities that come along with with having livestock as well as education about where their food comes from. I mean, I think we've kind of veered off that. And so I do think that like horses is such a good place for us to start and kind of bring it back. Yeah. And I can agree. I think even looking at it politically and having the support of the local community and keeping land open and not building another subdivision of tract homes. It's that sort of thing is what a lot of equestrians maybe don't think about and they don't have the local support and they've got buildings popping up all around their farms. And I think it's worth knowing who's on your town council and who your local state representatives are and all of that to know what you do and why you're important to your community. That's a huge problem here in San Juan Capistrano, actually, that we luckily have some groups that are fighting for open space and have the city has marked out certain areas that have to be kept open space, but literally on right behind me, you'll see uh, track houses all around the open space. And a lot of people don't know that they can still come to this park and bring a picnic and watch horses jump really big jumps or just come throw the Frisbee for your dog. So there's a big piece of, of making sure that people appreciate what's still left because it's a fight every single day at the local and national level to keep places like this in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Do either of you, maybe Beth, you could speak to this of what other kinds of events you think help foster community involvement in your business? Yeah. So I'm also doing some Girl Scout events. A couple local troops reached out to me and they need to complete a horsemanship badge. So they are going to come out to the farm and we are going to go over everything that is in their curriculum that they're required to complete in order to receive their badge. It's been really fun just to get to know some of these people and make connections because you really don't realize how small the world is until you start to get out there because one of the Girl Scouts actually comes for riding lessons at the farm and she didn't even know they were coming. (laughs) Um, Her mom just told me. So yeah, so it's super exciting though, because now we get to like reach out into other venues as well. Most of the girls in the Girl Scout troop, they have not been around horses before and they're all super excited to uh, get the chance to come out for the day and spend the day at the farm. And so we also do a lot of fundraiser events as well. We just did an event at a school It was their fall festival and it's a private school. So it was a fundraiser for the school. And we did, I think we did like something like 70 pony rides or whatever. And whatever we made that day, we donated to the school. But it's just great because 
we can be out in the community meeting new people and uh, making connections and spreading a word about the farm. But also it was nice because a lot of people were visiting and they'd never even seen a pony before. They didn't even know what like a pony was. They were like, oh, it's a baby horse. I was like, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those are just some ways that we really like to get out there into the community and give back yeah, a little right. bit. And I have to say, I board my ponies at Beth's farm and we had a Halloween party, but it was open to the public. And there were so many people that came out for it. And obviously up here in the Hudson Valley, like apple picking season and pumpkins and everybody from New York city flocks here. And it was a huge event and really like it was hay rides and they came to the farm and they got to do pony rides if they wanted to and games. And we dressed up the horses and did different decorating competitions. And so like, I really think an event like that was great for the community as well. I mean, people were asking if we did it every weekend. I know. <laughs> no, my husband like, was absolutely like, no, not. this is a once a year event. Yeah. <laughs> he was in charge of the hayrides and uh, yeah, I didn't exactly tell him how many people we weren't expecting that many, but he was having a hard time getting everybody on that hayride. So <laughs> Jessica, have you seen examples of other events for community involvement? I, I love the hayride idea. That's adorable. We actually, at this park, have a, it's called Two Stepping Under the Stars, and it's a, a fundraiser event too, but everyone, it's free for anyone to enter. You buy your own food and drinks. They, we hire a big country band. They teach country line dancing lessons before, and then everyone works it on the dance floor. And it's just, it's just good old fashioned fun. Like I said, it's, it's a great way for people to come out to the riding park. There's obviously a, a westerny theme to two-stepping. That's probably the biggest event that we do each year. And then in between that, which is an idea that I learned about through the the coalition, was this idea of a horseman's happy hour. And again, it's not necessarily you have to own a horse or lease a horse or ride. It's just in question, people who are horse enthusiasts or who appreciate how pretty horses are can all come out to our horseman's happy hours. So that idea, I, I asked permission from the coalition if I could use that for Equivon as well. So between those two, we have at least one, one a month locally and now for next year it will be nationally and just again as an excuse for friends family enthusiasts to come out learn about horses talk to horse people and get them just a little bit more aware of how cool horses are that's great beth i know you kind of have a partnership with your homeschoolers are there any other partnerships that you have with other organizations within your community Well, honestly, I think just with like the local school, because a lot of the teachers bring their kids. So I don't know if that's necessarily like a partnership, but even like the principal of the local elementary school brings his daughter for writing lessons. And I know he tells anybody that he can to come check us out. We also help him out in the general Montgomery Day Parade. And my husband usually helps him pull the school float. So it's we help him out and he helps us out. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because it's just like a positive partnership for us to have somebody so local at the head of the school, just kind of backing us up. So, yeah, Yeah, that's great. And Jessica, how about you? What kind of partnerships do you have? Yeah, I'd say with the horse show associations, as well as the nonprofits around here and the city itself. So we work closely with the city of San Juan Capistrano. We had a, a city council meeting about a month ago 
and had about 70 equestrians show up in their riding clubs, <laughs> which it's, it's, we're at kind of a, a serious turning point in this city in particular. And so to get that kind of turnout and be like, hey, you, we have to keep this park for equestrian use says a lot because not many people these days even think to show up to a city council meeting. And it's by no means exciting <laughs> for most of it. Yeah. It's, I guess it's a little bit of you're sitting through, but you're proving a point just by showing up in your riding clothes and, and convincing other riders to, to show up there too goes a long way. And I think that's true for any cause, whether it be horses or anything you're interested in, but getting people to show up in those local meetings, those city council meetings, I think goes further than we probably give credit for these days. Mm-hmm. And do you think something like another local business or partnering with other local businesses could be really beneficial as well? Because I think even just the exchange of promotion and customers with each other could be great. Well, and that's basically Equivalent's model. We work with small equestrian businesses across the country. And when someone has, we're having this horseman's happy hour tonight here, actually. And then we've got some of the partners that wanted to participate. So we create a graphic, they share, we share, everyone shares. Everyone is in more places than one when you all collaborate together. So that's that's the beauty, I guess, of the internet, but also just of collaboration as a whole, um, that you can reach a lot more people and there's a lot more cross-pollination when you work together with businesses in your industry, businesses outside of your industry. So I think... Just developing partnerships and being open to talking with anyone, you really never know where those conversations are going to go or how you can help them, how they can help you. So just keeping an open mind and being open to, you know, unique and interesting ways of working together with people. It's not always monetary exchange, but it could just be having a couple of your teammates show up to, to something that they're hosting. Something along those lines goes a long way as well. I think that's great. And I wish that more people in the equine community would collaborate because I feel like, especially in the area that we live in, everybody's in competition with each other. And I don't think that you need to look at it that way. Like, I think you need to have a healthy dose of competition, but I really think that people need to realize the value in networking and opening up to collaborating so that, like, Beth is great with the beginner to intermediate, but if she's not going to be able to go to one of the indoor shows in the future, she could collaborate with somebody in the area who does go, who can take a kid from her to go there. But it seems like uh, so many times in the equine industry, we're so protective of what our who our customers are and where they're going and what they're doing and also not knowing what limitations are. Like everybody's kind of like, oh yeah, I want to train the next act rider. Well, I mean, that's great to have goals, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can get there, right? <laughs> well, and I think too, especially in that, this industry, there's a lot of people who want to just like keep their cards close and not share anything. But the experiences that I've had, the more transparent of the areas that I need help with or we're lacking, people are like stoked to help you. They're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I actually know the person that can help you do the thing that you're trying to do. And just talking about... I've got a few equestrian businesswomen that I am in contact regularly. And every time we chat, it's like, hey, what do you need help with? Hey, what do you need help with? And then we both leave the conversation like, wow, cool. That was the next little like springboard I needed to do the next thing that I'm going to do. I mean, really, that's what equestrian businesswomen, that's kind of what it was the idea behind it. 
Right, Jen? Yeah, definitely. Just, it was literally me talking to people and being like, I was looking for a mentor and couldn't find one and didn't know who to talk to. And then I looked around and I was like, well, I know like 30 women who would be amazing. And why don't we all just get together and talk to each other and help each other? And it grew from there. I I went to your first summit, Jen. And I I mean, it was right when we started Equivant too. So the timing for us could not have been better because I was like, all these women are at all different stages of their businesses and they can all learn from each other in one way or another. So I I was like lit our business on fire just by attending that event, like internally and having the drive. Like there are lots of really women that are lighthearted that we can connect with, which is awesome. For yeah. sure. But and across you, all different parts of the industry, too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And Beth, do you find it a struggle at all to find the connections in our um, area? No, not really. I totally agree with you, though, that especially in our area, everybody is in competition with each other. But I've recently been like the new kid on the block. So my goal is just to establish connections and have a positive like experience with if I can um, with my fellow equine professionals because I am young and I don't know it all and I want to learn. So if there's something that another trainer can teach me and I can learn from them, then I'm totally open and willing. And so that's kind of just like the connections I try to make and try to be stay on good terms with everyone. I don't think it's good to burn bridges. Definitely. I think this industry is too small to do that. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's good life advice. Anyways, (laughs) especially in our industry. (laughs) And Jen and I were also talking about kind of how demographics in the area that you're in change or can change kind of what partnerships or involvement you can have. Like Beth, you're in a more rural area and Jessica, you're kind of in a more populated geographic location and just how that can change who you reach out to and who you want to have involvement with. And do you think that affects who you're talking to and, and who you're partnering with? I think, Sorry, that was I think it, question. no, that's okay. I mean, I think it might be, I, I, I haven't lived in a rural area, so I can't speak from Beth's perspective, but it seems like we don't have any shortage of people to work with around here or, or for people to show up to events either or show up to donate or anything like that. So I think from being in the area that we're in working with the nonprofits, people are always like excited when we're asking for donations because they need their tax write off or what have you. So I think it works to our benefit for sure. I'm very grateful that people are so generous around here with giving back to causes that that they believe in. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I lived in a rural area, but (laughs) I do live on a farm, so I guess I do. But um, I feel like really recently our area has been getting pretty busy from people moving up from the city. And so when I'm having these kind of events, like not necessarily riding lessons so much as like the party we had and even the homeschooling classes, I get a lot of customers who have just moved up here to upstate New York from the city. And so I feel like that's actually been good for business for me. I don't really love personally that we're getting overrun by people from the city because that means more development in our areas. And I do like to keep land free. 
But as far as business goes, it's been good for me because when people come up here, they are just so thrilled and so excited that they can, you know, afford to ride a horse. And that's not something that they really can do in the city, typically. So I think that's been good for business for me. I don't, I guess I don't, (laughs) you know, really know what it would be like if we lived in a little bit more of a busier area. Right. So. I'm grateful because I like where I live. It's very beautiful here. Yeah. I, I think to to Beth's point too, with COVID, that's kind of lit the equestrian world on fire because parents are like, oh my gosh, I'm walking inside with my child <laughs> for extended days on end. Yes, like, yes. how do I get them outside and burn some energy off and yes. on the approved list from day one, which was awesome. Exactly. Yes. I don't have an indoor riding arena yet. And so we, we were like last year, we were like, oh, well, maybe the winter will be mild. It won't be so bad. So we'll keep riding. And um, it was awful. We had a really <laughs> bad winter, a lot of snow, very cold. And I didn't slow down, not even a little bit. Parents were so desperate to get their kids out of the house and get them outside doing something that I taught lessons all winter long. Yeah, it definitely was COVID related. There wasn't as much open and there wasn't, you know, that much to do. So that's definitely been good for the equestrian community. We were talking about, you know, different demographics of areas and the Winter Equestrian Festival has done a really amazing job at local outreach to get people to come out to the horse show. And one of the things they've been doing for years are lunch tours of the horse show on Wednesdays. Typically nobody comes to a horse show on Wednesdays, but all the retirement communities around here, the seniors are looking for something to do. So they come out to the horse show, they walk around, they get to see what a farrier does and they get to see the tack shops and watch the competition and eat lunch. And it's just been a great way for the horse show to really grow their exposure in the area. And I think Jessica talks about working with nonprofits and the Great Charity Challenge is another event that they came up with and it has grown enormously and they've given tens of millions of dollars to Palm Beach County nonprofits over the years. So I think there's, when you're talking about events, there's certainly lots of ways to become involved with the local community and looking at where you are and who's around you is important too. Yeah, it definitely is. So Beth, do you think you have a good balance between supporting your community and then also trying to grow your business? Like what does that look like for you? I think so. We're trying. It's important to value our current clients, even some of which have been with me since I opened four and a half years ago. Because our business has grown so much, we don't want to like chase away people who've been with us since our beginning. So it's been hard. I've had to learn how to say no, because that's something that's hard. I think, oh, I can do it all. But sometimes it's okay to say no to new clients. So we really, I haven't taken on a lot of new lesson clients recently, but one of the girls who works for me has started helping me out. And she started teaching some of the pony rides just to kind of take in some new clients who want to bring their kids. But also we do carve out time in the schedule to do these events. And uh, most clients are very understanding when you tell them, hey, this Saturday, we're not going to be teaching lessons. We are actually having a Halloween party. I hope you come. And -hmm. most people are like, we'll be there because they want to support our business too. And then they invite their friends and their family and they're like, hey, come check it out and come see 
the horse that has been riding the fun it's so it's good but it is hard to find balance and I think that as a business owner it is important to learn how to say no when your business is growing to the point where you might hurt existing customers and existing clients so yeah, it's important not to spread yourself too thin and I learned I had to learn that yeah that, that's a tough I thing. I that every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like to say no. That's another thing. I'm, a I'm with you. Sure. It's all, always yes. I'm like, sure, I could do that. <laughs> Creating boundaries is so hard, right? Yes, it is hard, especially when you're a business owner. And sometimes creating boundaries means that you're going to maybe potentially upset somebody. And then you have to deal with the backlash of that. And uh, I take everything personally. Like it's my, my business is like one of my children. It is, it's my baby. And I pour my heart and my soul into my business. So when sometimes I have to set a boundary and that boundary upsets someone else, it bothers me. So, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you just have, it is a balance. You have to find balance. Yeah. And Jessica, how about you? What kind of balance do you have between your community and growing and finding your new customers? Ditto to everything that Beth said. I too am a people pleaser and I want to be all the things to everyone. And really being like okay with not doing everything is a daily struggle for me because I think I get a handle on it and then I like say yes to one thing I probably shouldn't have. But I've, it's ironic too that you're saying that, Beth, because that's been like the theme of my week where when you do say no to, to one thing, then it actually opens up your time, your space for something that's that's better that you can spend your time better on. Because if you're even thinking about saying no, it's it sh- probably should be a no. Or if you have to debate it in your head, it probably should be a no. But it's really hard. It's really hard to say no to people. But then when you do, you are able to be that much better in the things that you're focused on, whether that be your business or your life or whatever it is that you're working on. And Jessica, what ways do you announce or get the information out to the community. I know we were talking, Jen and I, about demographics and the local retirees in Florida are probably aren't on Instagram reading your post about the event that you're going to have. So how else social media, is there any other ways that you're able to reach people? I think nowadays you really do have to be everywhere. And social media is one component, but probably not the best converting component, if you will. We do email as well, but physically being at places goes a long way. And I think the hardest part too, especially when we were just starting out is I'd be at these horse shows for weeks on end. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? Does this even work? Because there's not like, you can't see the transaction like you can measure everything online, right? So it's crazy because people years later are like, oh yeah, you're the one with the little trailer that I saw at that show. And I'm like, okay, it did work. It just took longer than I thought. And then hanging signs in bathrooms at horse shows is, you've got a very captive audience. I will tell you that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then we, the businesses that we work with, we... We'll send them signs as well to hang up at shows. So uh, for for Equivant, the brand, I think being in as many places, but we can't physically be there ourselves, but working a little bit smarter in the sense of partnering with other people and figuring out how we can work with horse shows and have our banner in the arena. Just that is presence enough. But I think you 
still the old school methods of marketing still work. You just have to supplement them with the new school methods as well. And Beth, do you use other ways as well? Um, mainly social media, but we do email and word of mouth. So that has been our, but yeah, our, a lot of our business comes from Facebook. This is kind of, I'm not sure, Jessica, if you can talk to it as much as maybe Beth can, but I was curious if you have any kind of concern about backlash from the community being that it is the horses. And we kind of touched on it earlier a little bit about agriculture and people not being quite as interested in getting them out to the horses so that maybe we can hook more people. But do you worry about backlash from the community? Like, there's a lot of cameras out here now. There's a lot of animal rights. Like, Beth said there's a lot of shade thrown at the equine community. So the manure it, issue, everyone yeah. talks about the manure issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darn manure. So how do you handle that? And do you have concerns? Yeah, I have concerns because you never know who's watching, but honestly, I just think you have to just do the right thing. Okay. If you're not doing something that's going to get you in trouble, then there's nothing to worry about. So you should take really good care of your horses and you shouldn't be doing something that if it was recorded, you'll get in trouble. As an equine professional, we know sometimes horses need to be put in their place, but there's always a time and a place to do that. And I think recently I just noticed that a local farm was in the news because of this. And I thought that is my worst nightmare because I see both sides of it. As an equine professional, I can understand what was going on in that situation. But people who don't know anything about horses, they don't understand. And they are so quick to judge. And I feel like they judge the whole community, all equestrians, on one small thing. So honestly, for me, I just feel like cross my T's, dot my I's, be good to my horses. And I don't tolerate any kind of behavior that is questionable at my farm at all. Not with my students or my boarders or anyone who's on the property. And I'm not afraid to tell somebody to leave if I think that it's going to be a problem. So. Right. And Jessica, do you have to deal with this with your business? Um, To Beth's point, since we in a way represent a lot of professionals and businesses in the industry that we we encourage and only work with businesses that do act as Beth was describing. Act as if no one's watching and then your true colors pop out. And if you're a good person and treat your horses well, then you've got nothing to worry about. It is unfortunate when things are taken out of context. And, and we've actually dealt with that at Equivalent with some of our customers once or twice, actually. Where it's like, eh, yeah, I see what you were doing, but that doesn't look great. Like, let's not do that at the horse show or whatever it may be. So we have dealt with it a little bit. And then on the manure side, that's a big <laughs> issue here. We've had, we've at, on the nonprofit that I work with, that's, that's a big issue is dealing with manure and making sure it's properly disposed of. And there we've, the city has experienced a lot of pain because of it and making sure that you're managing your facility appropriately is a, a big thing in Southern California, I've heard in Florida as well. It's yeah. our duty as horse people to lead the the conservation and, and preservation efforts. We are also, we're representing what's good and fun outside. We should help preserve that as well. I think there's 
there's some compromise in the environmental side and the equestrian side and us working through these issues together. And that just goes back to getting involved in your community and making sure that you're understanding both sides of the equation before you start making, um, making, you know, accusations that what you might think because you have one tidbit of information. So yeah, we, we definitely all have to be mindful in, in this day and age. Yeah. And Jessica, looking at how you grow your business, does growing your business help facilitate growth in your community as well? I, I absolutely, that's really been a pillar of us founding Aquamont is that we realize both my business partner and I have been professionals and amateurs and back to professionals again, <laughs> but, and have worked for professionals. And so understand horse trainers are really what we thought of first, whereas they don't have time to think about marketing. They're thinking about, are all the horses alive today? <laughs> like, are all my clients going to stay on? They've got bigger fish to fry than making sure that they get that sale horse advertiser growing their lesson program. So from the beginning, we wanted to make sure that advertising didn't have to be this, you know, big to-do spend that you have to allocate a horse's board for a month to, to get your word out there. We wanted to make sure that businesses could be easily found by the people that are looking for them at any size of the business, which is why we picked the membership model that we did and tried to make it as affordable as possible for a business of any size to participate in. And Beth, I think you've touched on this before, but do you think in growing your business, it helps the community as well? Yeah, I do. I think we've met needs that we didn't even know were there, but mm -hmm. I'm excited to continue to grow our business and, and expand our programs and see, see where we can reach our community and how we can help our community out. Um, yeah, we're very excited to um, be sharing horses, especially with the younger generations now. So for sure. Awesome. Well, at this point, we go on to our rapid fire questions and Connor usually starts with the first one for you guys. So Beth, you can start and I, it's going to be, what is one action that women can take to make a dig, big difference in their lives? Well, I said it before and I'll say it again. I think we need to not take everything personally. Mm -hmm. That's like my biggest flaw. So pretty much anything that ever happens, I just take it right to heart. And then I let it uh, ruin my whole day or my week. And I feel like we need to learn to just let it go. And that just not to take everything so to heart because people don't always know exactly what they're saying and they don't always mean it the way we take it. That's true. And Jessica, how about you? What's one action that women can take to make a big difference in their lives? Similar to Beth, yet again, I think leading with kindness and compassion goes a long way because you have no clue what sort of day that person has had. Maybe they're in a huge fight with a significant other or they just got kicked by a horse or you never know what's happening in someone's life. So if you can at least greet them with a love and kindness, I think that's one step to the industry becoming a little softer and more understanding of each other. I like that. And Jessica, what's the best habit that keeps you motivated? Horses. <laughs> Literally, I, I just came to the realization that my currency is not U.S. dollars, but it's in fact time with horses. <laughs> so anything that I can do to make sure that I can go ride my own horse 
or my horses during the day. I like spring out of bed, just excited to go hang out with horses. As dorky awesome. as it is. And Beth, what about you? What's the best habit that keeps you motivated? Coffee. Drinking. <laughs> 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 I don't have a coffee. It's not a good day. So <laughs> there's many Duncan runs that come to the farm throughout the day. <laughs> yes. Everybody knows to bring me coffee and then I'll be in a good mood. So and Connor said that you have three kids, right? As well. I do. I do. Yeah, I can imagine kids. you're like mainlining. The caffeine. Yes. yes. Yeah. My youngest is two and he keeps me on my toes. So yeah. For sure. Uh, okay. Jessica, what's your favorite horse movie? Oh, National Velvet. Oh, yeah. that's a good that's one. A good I, one. Just, yeah. I just yeah. rewatched it with my boyfriend who's not really a horse person. He's like, what? I don't get it. And I was like, what do you mean you don't get it? This is the best ever. I have to be honest, my husband is a horse person and he wouldn't get it either. I haven't even attempted to make him watch it. So, (laughs) and Beth, how about you? What's your favorite horse movie? It's uh, Spirit, actually. Um, I always loved that movie growing up. And now they have a show too. Uh, and so it's been super cool because i've rewatched the show now with my kids and i can relate to some of my students because they always come to the barn and they're like that horse looks like boomerang or that horse looks like spirit so it's kind of cool because that was my favorite movie as a child and now we can kind of use that to connect with other kids too wow that's great I actually just recently saw the show because my nephew is into it and I was like crying I know. at the show. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this cartoon horse got attacked by a bear or something. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Gonna have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today and talking to us about your business and and how you work within your communities. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. That was a really fun chat today. It was. I wasn't sure how much mileage we would get out of the topic because I just feel like it could be limiting and it wasn't, there was so much to talk about and think about. And it led to other things that we hadn't even thought about prior to having our questions <laughs> ready for them. So yeah, um, that was yeah really I know. I know. Cause when we had talked about the topic, I was like, I'm not sure like how many questions we can come up with and, and where it's going to lead. And it's kind of narrow, but at the same time, it's pretty broad, right? Mm-hmm. You, like, it could have gone in any kind of direction about community. And I'm glad we were able to keep them talking about horse community, but also the greater general public population community that they, that all of us have to kind of work with. Yeah. And I think all of us who are in the sport and love the horses want to make it more known. I think the more successful the industry is as a whole, the better that the businesses inside it do. So I think it benefits everyone to have more community involvement and be able to show more people why we love horses and why we do this. 
I agree. I mean, especially coming from the racing side of things, the the environment in racing these days is pretty shaky. And so I really like when the community comes like my parents, where they were stable, the the track is literally in the middle of this little town. It's called Goshen, New York. It's a historic track. It's a historic place. And when my parents were stable there, they allowed the kids to come in and pet the horses. And sometimes we'd give rides to people and, and always had kind of an open door policy I grew up on a farm, 140 acres. We got to go out and play. And I understand agriculture. Those kids, this is the closest they're going to get to a horse probably ever. So we always feel that it's important to kind of like bring people in and let them see and and understand it from our point of view rather than conjuring up ideas about it that yeah. may not be true, right? Or even just their one experience or their only knowledge about it is what they see on the news. Right. And overwhelmingly, the news stories are negative and sensational. And that's not what 99% of the industry is. Exactly. I mean, when Beth was talking about a local barn being on their on the TV recently, it takes a blow. Everybody takes a blow, not mm-hmm. just that barn, but all of us around it take a blow. So we have to kind of be out there putting our mark on things and saying, you know, like, it's not all like that, like trust in us. And and fortunately, she had an article written about her and her homeschooling program right after that. So it brought a nice light back into barns in the area and in the equestrian community here. Yeah, that was great to hear. This is a topic we can revisit in lots of different ways that apply to different types of businesses in the industry. So I'm looking forward to how we can talk more about it in the future. I have to say, I really like Jessica's perspective too, from being in California, because I know she probably feels a lot of the same vibes that I'm feeling in the racing industry. She's feeling in the entire equine community there. So it was really great to get her perspective. And and I hope that we can have some more conversations and we can get out there and really educate people. Yeah, that was so cool to have her perspective, not only from the business, but from being on the board of that park and knowing yeah. kind of the the insider things that they do in their town. That's a great program. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, really cool. Find the links to today's guests and the show notes at www.eqbusinesswomen.com. Equestrian B2B is out twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. You can find out more at eqbusinesswomen.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equestrian B2B is available wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a review. You can have all 20 plus shows of the Horse Radio Network with you wherever you go with their free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Now, go involve your community.